0: abide with me abide with me don't let me fall and don't
1: Is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the uh, have the honor of being the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, this is a really unique uh, podcast uh, because uh, we are at a staff retreat in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, we've, we haven't really done this through the years. We did one last year and we decided to do it again this year. And uh, this year, we wanted to invite some of the emerging leaders uh, in the ministry uh, from different cities around the country, even out of the country. And uh, I've privileged to have six gentlemen with me today uh, from different parts of, of the country. And you're gonna get to hear from them and a little bit about what influencers is doing and how God's raising up people and starting influencers branches in places that we may not have even ever expected. So so uh, I'm gonna go one by one. Well, first I'll tell you who's in the room. I've got Jim Hypoch from Anaheim, California got Mike Hearn from Wichita, Kansas, got Henry Schaefer from Tehachapi, California, got Henry Gutierrez from Costa Rica, got Andy Collar from Maine, that's the Northeast, and we got Glenn Gordon from Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is a suburb, in a sense, of Charlotte, North Carolina. So so anyway, so uh, Jim, since you're the furthest to my right, Jim Hypoch, tell us, give them a, just a quick introduction of how you got plugged in with influencers and kind of what's going on there in Anaheim
2: right now. Well, I got plugged in by meeting Pete McKenzie. I had known Pete McKenzie for 30 years, but I lost track of him. And by a mutual friend, I was invited to go to Fullerton to hear Pete speak. So at that point, I was anxious to see him, reintroduce myself to him, and he was uh, part of the influencers. And he was giving a message to some men on Wednesday morning. Uh, At that moment, I didn't know what was to come, but what I did learn later was uh, the men of influencers are on a journey. and This is not just, this is not a program. This is something about abiding in Christ and producing fruit and using that fruit to uh, go out and be a laborer for Christ. I uh, didn't understand everything about it. My experience is, uh, is that I know a little about a lot, but I wasn't able to connect the dots of my faith. And so the reason that we are influencers are because we want to be harvesters and Uh, for the Lord, and bring people, introduce people to the Lord who don't know him. But you can't do that unless your spiritual gifts are enabled, and you can't do that unless you're producing fruit, and you can't produce fruit unless you're abiding in Christ, and you cannot abide in Christ unless you're a believer. So the dots were connected for me, and as I uh, uh, learned more and went on the journey with Pete and six other guys, I thought this was very interesting. This is where the rubber hits the road, and this, uh, I'm all in. So after, leading, after being in the group with Pete and some other men, I decided to start one at my church. And lo and behold, what I saw was um, there needed to be a call to action. So at a men's retreat at uh, my church, I was given the opportunity to have men uh, called to action. Said whoever wants to go on this journey, sign up. I was expecting a half a dozen, and there were almost 30 who signed up. Uh, there were only 23 who could uh, actually attend. So my first journey group was 23 men. And I finished that up and uh, or finished the, I introduced them to, this is a journey, it's not a program. Uh, and then I started another journey group was 23. And now my challenge is to bring the first 23 along with the second 23 and blend them to make one. So that's where we are in Anaheim, California. And uh, our vision is to move forward, stay on the journey, introduce other men to the journey.
1: Yeah, it's it's very unique there because Pete McKenzie's been uh, leading men and tilling the ground for quite a few years now, t- over ten years, and now you're coming in and you're going to help start bringing them into the discipleship and the journey in, exactly. in a bigger way. So uh, we we all sense something big's about to be birthed in in Orange County in Anaheim. You can't make a disciple
2: unless you become a disciple. Yeah. So uh, we're very intentional about what we do in Anaheim, and uh, that is become a disciple, make a disciple, grab others along in the jury. That's right.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for that little uh, introduction. Mike Hearn is in Wichita, Kansas. Mike, tell us a little bit about what's going on in Wichita.
3: So we have to ju- step back and, and think about a, uh, a a newspaper article that was written back in 2012 about a, a men's ministry that was exploding in California. Well, I backstory is that I've been in men's ministry for over 30 years, and I was looking for... Uh, uh, the next best thing was always looking for and understanding and getting ideas about how to move men closer to and have that vertical relationship with the Lord. And uh, and so an article was sent to me about this explosion of men's ministry in Bakersfield, California. And uh, and so me, the type of guy that go want to go find out, I ended up finding Les Piercy in Bakersfield, who was really leading this men's ministry explosion. And uh, and he's and got to got to know him. And if anybody knows Les, if you spent a minute with him, it's like you've known him forever. And so so Les and I got a relationship. He got me, and he said, "Hey, have you heard of the journey?" I said, "No, but uh, if it's something that that is going to bring men closer to the Lord, I, I want to hear about it." So so he got me in touch with with you, Brian. And uh, uh, once I saw what the journey did. I understood that I had found the thing that I had been looking for for years, mm-hmm. that I'd used all kinds of resources and everything, just about anything out there to try to bring, bring men closer and work that vertical relationship with, with the Lord. And, uh, and there is nothing like the journey to be able to do that. And so I took nine other men through the journey. Uh, with, Brian, with your help, Brian, we uh, were able to do that in Wichita. And since then, we've uh, we're up to about seven or eight journeys that have gone through. We moved into couples journeys. I have uh, influencers Wichita team that are people that have gone through the journey and almost excited about uh, the the journey as I am. And so it's just uh, and, and and really because again I've been wanting to find the 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 lack of a better word the Holy Grail for. Bringing people into that abiding relationship, that intimate relationship with the Lord. But I truly believe that that journey is it for me. But but there is two things going out on out there in the world right in the Christendom today: a prayer movement and a discipleship movement. Yeah. There are people, there are pastors, there are leaders out there that are looking for the, to, uh, looking for the, the answer to the question: How do I disciple my people? Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, the journey is it.
1: Mm. That's awesome, and Mike, you've, and you're well connected to lots of different churches, and you're starting to talk to some of those other pastors. and And I remember when you brought a contingency to our national gathering a few years ago, and that was at the very beginning, I
3: think. Right. And we are still, we were still in the middle of our first journey.
1: But that really helped to spark those guys, yeah. didn't it? And let them see a bigger vision for this than just uh, another Bible study or another program. So, yeah. So thank you, Mike. Um, all right, Henry, so you are in a, a, a city called Tehachapi, about an hour from Bakersfield, California. So yeah. tell a little bit about what's going on there.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I met, uh, I got introduced to influencers and the journey through uh, Les Piercy, by the way, of a man by the name of Ben McKnight. And uh, I, uh, uh, a couple men, uh, Daryl Ragsdale and, the, and another good friend of my buddy Cummings and I, we, we started a men's ministry for our city. Uh, coming out of our small little church, about a hundred members. And in a handful of years, that men's ministry turned into about 300 men, much larger than our church. And, uh, you know, it was high. Uh, The the biggest denomination, it was all kinds of men, but the biggest denomination uh, that came to that men's ministry were the unchurched men, right? And and men who didn't want to step foot in the church, but got brought in through relationships. And it was a um, and a good movement of the spirit, but it lacked structure, and there just seemed to be something missing uh, in our small group times and in, in, in the intentionality of our discipleship. And, and, and through this process, and through one of the men of that men's ministry, God challenged me to sell my business, to liquidate my business of twenty-three years, and to step in faith and. Uh, and, and, and in a radical moment of faith without thinking, I, I, I did that. And, and then after I burned the boats and found myself with no other way but forward, I realized I didn't know what I was quite doing. And, uh, and, and in an ordained way, God uh, brought me uh, to to less and, and Ben McKnight introduced me to less and, and I met Les, and Ben, hey, Henry, and uh, Les, uh, Henry's doing what you're kind of doing, you know, and I, and I sat with him and, and, and just in a, in a moment of honesty, like, man, I, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, would, would you mentor me through this process? I got the heart I've made myself available and, and, and Les agreed. And over the last couple of years, two and a half years, he just began to openly show me what they do, what their men's ministry does and uh, welcoming me to their events and to their, their, their leadership and to the men and, and, and to the journey and, and, and I think it was in 2018, perhaps, or 19, we we did our first journey group in Tehachapi. It must have been 19 where we started and um, started with 12 guys that the leadership I pulled out of our Together Men's Ministry. And we, we started this journey. And then lo and behold, 2020, March, COVID hit. And the whole thing shut down and we were running together men's ministry concurrently with this journey group. And the guys were like, what's happening? Are we being acquired by influencers? Is this a merger? What's happening? And, <laughs> and Daryl and I, we talk about this three-year progression of, you know, kind of moving our small groups into journey groups. But in the instant, God forced our hands like you're doing it all now because you couldn't meet in person. We couldn't do the large gathering. We couldn't meet as we had had met. And, and, and we moved into journey groups. Instantly, the hand of God moved us into Journey Groups. And what started with 12 men and, and blew up to 32 men because of COVID, we did Zoom for that season. At the end, we did a hybrid uh, at the end of 2020. And we met in person for our, our commencement ceremonies. And that that group of 12, that commencement broke into three groups and then broke into five groups. And, and uh, we're, we're on our second year of Journey Groups. And there's 110 men uh, in five groups. And, and we've started this journey. and. and Looking at it like, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was doing and, and, and God knew what he was doing and, and God uh, began to show me that um, <laughs> that that God is teaching the men not how to be attendees of a church, but to become the church through their mm-hmm. own abiding relationship with Christ. In that it wasn't about attending, it wasn't about tithing, it wasn't about putting on the jacket and showing up to the place on Sunday morning, but it was learning how to become a man of God through that uh, lit, through that environment of, of abiding. Mm. And I've seen the impact. And the challenge of God through the, the process of the journey and creating environments for men to be vulnerable and transparent and and, and to teach and to mentor. And so I've I've watched a radical shift in, in my community. I've watched a radical transformation of the men. Uh, of our city and I'm watching this organic movement of God that, that has both the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit yet form and structure to contain and to to move, to advance this fire movement like, like a two-winged bird. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what I've seen God do uh, in my life and through uh, the lives of the men and the opportunity to advance His agenda and teaching men and women to become the church, no longer attendees of the church, but to become the church in a real and authentic way.
1: Mm, that's beautiful, and and I and Henry, I think you're going to be, God's picked you and raised you up to help not only to Hatchby, but you're probably going to end up helping in Bakersfield in a greater way with all the crazy things going on over there, which is awesome.
0: So. Yeah, and we kind of like, you know, we started with our little church, and then we're like, well, it's not even about our church, it's about the city, and then Les Piercy came to speak, at the, and you like, well, it's not even about our city, it's about our county, and, and those concentric rings of influence you know, first in Jerusalem, then Judea, and you see, like, God has got to impact small and move greatly as we uh, surrender and lay down okay. our lives, awesome. so. Awesome, thank, thank you, you,
1: thank you. All right, so we have another Henry, uh, Henry Gutierrez, and uh, am I pronouncing that right? Close? Correct. I am? Okay, correct. good, good. Henry's from Costa Rica. So, uh, so, uh, and I've, I've interviewed Henry for a podcast before when I, we were down there visiting, um, but uh, so some people may not have heard it. So give give your little intro about how you got involved with this, Henry.
4: Well, it was uh, an amazing way that the Lord just brought a, a good friend of mine to our church, who's Ron Frolic and uh, he gave me a, bo- a box full of books of the journey, but I never touched them until two years later when uh, we were taken to a solely business, the first one in Costa Rica with nine men from our church. And they asked me for now what, 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 what's next? And uh, praying to the Lord, I saw that box under my desk and the Lord said to me, that's what is next. So I took the book and read it. And then we started with the first journey group with nine men in our church. But two weeks later, their wives showed up in the, my office, having a meeting with me, and asking me, "What are you giving to this man? Because we want to get it." And then, well, we ended up having a about thirty men group and twenty four women group, and that was just the beginning of about a hundred and ten more people involved in the journey. But now, in, in Costa Rica, we have uh, we have uh, like six group in Guanacaste, uh, two groups in San Jose. Uh, my wife is leading a group of women with women from Guatemala and Colombia and another member from, from the church is leading another group of women with uh, women from same Guatemala and Colombia and you know it's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah, the how people were tired of discipleship's program but never changed their their behavior. But Mm -hmm. after three weeks reading the book, the uh, journey to the inner chamber, they started to see changes in their lives and they started to feel the necessity to go deeper in their relationship with God. And, And they, for very first time in their lives, they heard the word abiding something that never ever taught to them before. They read so many times John 15, but never got it. And that with this problem, they got it. And now uh, I see how uh, when we finished a group with the commencement ceremony, some weeks before men started to say, hey, is there any other group that I can lead? Or, you know, I know someone, my family, cousins, brothers, or, you know, men that they are related with that they, they know they have the need to become part of a journey group and now that uh, you know uh, this is getting uh, uh, bigger and bigger and that we see that need not only in my in my love beloved Gudacast but in the whole country I believe that every man and every woman needs to go through the journey in, our, in Costa Rica and that's what we are looking forward to. And, and you've used the word revival you're praying for revival in Costa Rica absolutely i think that this is the key to a revival in our country many pastors and churches have been praying for that revival but they don't know how to how mm. to give ignition to that and it, it gives ignition to that by by yourself by transforming myself before god each and every one that that is where the revival will start with. Mm in Costa Rica
1: yeah. and, and Henry is a he's a gifted pastor a great preacher uh, has been a shepherd for the last 11 years I guess and uh, but God's enlarged your vision so now uh, Henry's uh, stepping outside of the church and starting to administer to a lot of other churches a pastor to pastors yes. plus raising up more disciple makers you know? absolutely so.
4: we believe that it's an incredible vision that other uh, who have heard about this vision they just call it weird because no one in Costa Rica is doing what the Lord called us to do, to bless, help, nurture, protect, and be, give companionship to pastors because we are not asking anything from them. We don't want their flock. We don't want them to be like me or preach like I preach or give me their tithe. We just want to be there to help them. Mm-hmm. And we believe that the pastors are the door for their communities, not only for their congregation, but for the communities that they are, the spiritual authority. Authority, you know, and that that's why we believe that this is the key to a revival in Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I would just say this, that we love pastors and influencers and um, we don't want to come knock on their door and tell them how they should do their discipleship program. We want to ask them to go join a journey group and just minister to them as a man first and then take it from there. So uh, anyway, beautiful. We, we can tell a lot more, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, so I've got Andy Collar from Maine. Andy,
5: tell us a little bit about your involvement. <laughs> This is really about the great composer, uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that uh, had things all set up, all pre-planned. pre-planned. Nothing that's happening uh, through the influencer ministry is a surprise to him. It started all when we were first born, before then. And um, I've, um, I've been in the multimedia business, uh, television producer for over 30 years, and I was on a business trip um, out to Kansas and I sat down with my client across the table for, uh, for dinner that evening, uh, Shannon Harrop. And Shannon uh, said to me, are you in a good uh, men's ministry program? And I says, yeah, for sure. I'm, you know, I've been in men's ministry uh, for 17 years. I've had the same, hosted the same group um, for over 17 years out of my home. And a lot of men have come in and gone out, come in and gone out. It's kind of petering out and coming to an end now. And it really hasn't fulfilled what I think it needed to fulfill. He says, well, you need to read this book. And he wrote it down on a piece of paper, Journey to the Inner Chamber, Rocky Fleming. I said, all right, where do you find it? And he says, you go to this website. So I flew back to Maine. I ordered the book. I read the book. I was blown away. I right, this, is, this is amazing. Nothing like I ever read. I was part of all the big name stuff out there. Iron Sharpens Iron and all those type of programs that weren't very fulfilling. And I said, this is different, but I'm not going to follow any cult. I am not a cult guy. I don't have anything to do with it. I got away from that stuff. So I got word that they were having a a national conference just coming up in a couple months. So I signed up. I jumped on a plane. I flew down there and I said, I'm going to check these guys out. And I listened to every leader, every staff member that presented during that weekend. And I made it a point to go and talk to each and every one. Brian Craig up on this podium doing his thing. Rocky Fleming, Les, Pete. And I went to every one of them and I talked to them because I needed to know if these guys were real and if I could trust them with this. I left there after three days knowing that this ministry is in solid, solid hands. That this is something that I could get behind with my heart and with my soul. Came back to Maine extremely excited, grabbed 10 of my best guys, brought them together, says, We gotta do this, guys. We went through it. That created a couple leaders. It was a local church that I wasn't even a member of. I was, I would visit, I would visit there. The pastor I hunted with. I went to him, I says, "Do you mind if I bring this program to your church?" And he says, "Yeah, sure." Well okay. I went in there, we led another, um, we led another dozen guys. There was over a 100 women in their men's ministry, but there was no men's ministry. There was the typical Saturday morning once a month breakfast. And the men were the men that were being dragged to sit in the pews because their wife came. And they were the men that would accepted Jesus, They got baptized and now they're good to go. The sanctification wasn't growing. They were dealing with all the frustrations all the men regularly deal with. So we started this journey process. One group led to another, and now I'm getting really excited. And um, I made a, I made a mistake. I hadn't listened to what Rocky had said. And I says, oh, I'm a business guy. I'm a corporate guy. I'm an organizing guy. I need to, I need to start spreading this thing. And um, one of the first places I wanted to bring it to was Teen Challenge. It's just this to be great for Teen Challenge. So I got out of Teen Challenge and the door shut in my face. Oh, well, there's a millennial church, big mega church down, big mega church in Maine is, uh, you know, 3,000 people. And I said, oh, we need that in that church. And I went down there and that door was closed. I had to come back to what, to what Rocky was saying. And he says, you know, um, start small pray big and go deep. So I refocused on that. And the next thing I know, Teen Challenge called and he says, can we bring 27 guys up to your church? And can you take them through the inner chamber? And then the next journey groups we started down the road, two young men from the mega church, the millennial church came up and said, can we join your journey group? And then another fellow for another town, China, Maine came and said, uh, I'd like to do a couples group. And he had gone through the interchamber with me, and I'd like to take that material to our church. And then we had another fellow that was that was coming from Bangor, um, 60 miles north of us, and he, he no longer could travel down. And he says, I'd like to start a group up here. And so organically, this began to spread. At the, at the same time, my wife is uh, kind of looking at me and uh, kind of watching what's happening here and slowly but surely she came on board and she started to take some private a private group of girls through the journey and then the the large women's ministry adopted the entire program within the church so if you come by the church on a wednesday night there is the parking lot is full of cars there's 40 women going through the journey at various stages there's 40 men going through the journey of uh, various stages. And we have a pastor that has come on board 120%. At first, he was watching it from the outside. And I told him, I says, you know, you're the leader of men's ministry, whether you like it or not, you've got to be involved and pay attention. And he did. And he has transformed that church into an abiding church and is behind it 100% to the point that he went out and just bought 15 copies of the Biding church because he's part of the central main group of pastors that gather once a month. The handout, like like the pastors need another book, but it was just on his heart to, to put this into the hands of all these other pastors. So listening to Rocky, being patient, letting it grow organically, and having a front row seat to finally see men's lives transformed in a real way. And the other thing I have to add out there, men and women who are listening to this, um, it is such an honor to be part of a group of men and women that are heroes. That has been the theme this weekend, that every one of these people involved in this ministry are heroes. They're putting themselves on the line every single day, pouring their hearts into other men and women every single day. And it's such a honor to be part of that army and, um, all right thank you Andy awesome all right the last uh champion
1: I've got here with me this morning is Glenn Gordon Fort Mill South Carolina so and I've interviewed you before too but yes. but uh, give us a little bit what's going on
6: sure uh well first how I got started with the journey um my family's in Tulsa Oklahoma uh, where there's obviously a Huge journey contingent, and Brian, that's where you were at. Uh-huh. Uh, my best friend, we went to Victory Christian School together and uh, kind of went our separate ways uh, throughout life uh, and got reconnected uh, in a couple of different areas uh, in the following years. But we wound up in the same neighborhood in Fort Mill, South Carolina, just outside of Charlotte, uh, ironically. And before he moved back to Oklahoma, he had sent me a copy of Journey to the Inner Chamber. Uh, this was in 2013. And uh, he had written on the inside, you know, I uh, hope you read this book and it gives you direction and become, you know, the kind of man, the kind of Christian man that uh, you have the potential to become. Well, I didn't read the book for two years. You know, it sat in my nightstand drawer or, or somewhere. Right. And uh, he invited me. Uh, I think he'd asked you, Brian, uh, on a couple of different occasions. Hey, do y'all have anything in North Carolina? Do y'all have anything? I don't think y'all had anything. East of Memphis, really. Right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's true. Man wasn't on board. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, so in 2015, he's, he decided, well, we're just going to do this. We'll do it over the phone. So for any of y'all complaining about Zoom, try going to the journey over the telephone, all right? <laughs> uh, but we had history. We knew each other, and uh, it did take us about uh, 15 months to get through uh, the journey to the interchamber, but it, it changed my life in, in a radical way. And uh, sort of like my brother from Maine here, um, yeah, I heard about the uh, National Summit uh, was in Malibu. It was the last year, was in Malibu uh, at an active monastery, so cool. And so I went out there, didn't know a single person, was still in the middle of going through the journey with Ron, I was like, I'll check it out, you know? And flew out there and uh, showed up. And uh, I left that place uh, just a few days later uh, knowing that this is what I wanted to do. Amen. And, and at that time in my life, I was going to church, you know, but I wasn't living for God. I was, I was a believer, but I was not a follower and uh, just, I just felt I was overflowing when I left Malibu. And so I came back, wrapped up the journey with Ron and then uh, had the honor of uh, grabbing a group of guys together and, and starting our first, what I call season uh, there in the, the Charlotte area had about 11 12 guys um so and, and we've had a really unique um way of recruiting or how we've recruited guys for the journey uh so there's a there's a organization there called f3 it started in charlotte in 2011 and uh it's a couple of couple of guys one and x special forces guys now you started doing boot camps in parks right and what they saw uh, was a lack of camaraderie and fellowship among men as life goes on. You know, you get married and then you got a job and you got kids and, you know, there's just no community, male community, you're uh, 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 just hanging out together being dudes. So they started this organization and the three F's are fitness, fellowship, and faith. Right? It was the third. And so that had been planted in the, in Port Mill in 2013 and I was one of the first guys to sign up. Like, I'm on board with this. This is great. And we work out in the dark in the morning and Mm -hmm. we end in a a circle of trust prayer. And it it was just just really cool. And this organization's caught fire. There's 277 regents in the country now with this. And it's headquartered where we're at. So that's where most of our guys have come from. All right. So second season, uh, we had 30-something guys show up. Um, and, and Brian, you were there. We had a convergence. We had about a hundred guys come and show up for the workout and then come in and listen to me and you do a panel on, Mm -hmm. uh, sharpening one another, right. Uh, through an embodied relationship with Christ. That's what the topic was. And and we had uh, a lot of guys, too many guys showed up we got, we got a problem. We had a good problem. And then, you know, season three, we had a number of groups and now we're in season four. We're about to wrap up here in May. We've got uh, seven groups. Um, we have three men's groups, we have two couples groups, and we have a really cool father-son group that's uh, five Whoa. dads <laughs> and, and five uh, juniors. Uh, and that's been a challenge, but it's really, really cool because imagine if we had had something Dude. like The Journey to the Intertuber oh, in, in high school. So I think there's something there <laughs> mm-hmm. right, oh. with that. And so I've kind of, you know, I, I dipped my toe in you know, a while back and uh you know and uh Brian and Rocky and they've been extremely supportive and we've been communicating about hey we become a region did we become a region you know and and uh, you know I'm just excited to be here I'm humbled I'm honored and uh just excited for what God's got for us next uh I, I know for me personally um it's a leading a couples group with my wife because I see so many guys go through the journey and in a lot of cases in our country, it's wives that are sort of the spiritual leaders in the household, right? But what I've seen through the journey over a number of years now is that yeah. the husbands all of a sudden get a hold of this and they leave their wives behind, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm excited for me and my wife to go through this together. And I know that, you know, with God, you know, it's just going to keep us closer together. Because um, even though... Hey, on the point, I guess, for this, she's also a part of this ministry, whether she admits it or not. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's cool.
6: Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for
1: giving a little uh, glimpse of what's going on in your regions. So... Well, this has been part one of an interview with some champions that we were gathered with our staff at, our, at one of our annual staff retreats. And uh, join us next week for part two, where we're going to hear them talk a little bit about the DNA of this ministry and the things that that they've observed. But uh, be sure to go to our website and check out our new brand new website, uh, influencers.org. And you can see our podcast page. You can also... Listen to all these podcasts on uh, all the popular uh, podcast services that were were available out there now. I'm Brian Craig, executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.